Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the podcast and welcome to 2024. How is it 2024? I do not know, but this is the first official podcast of 2024 for Nutrition for Littles, and I'm so excited for this year as far as podcasting goes. I have a lot of really exciting things that I want to do with the podcast, on the podcast, and so I hope that you will subscribe and stick around for it, and of course, share with your other mom friends as well, but I'm so excited to get this new year rolling off with uh, some picky eating content for you here on the podcast, plus hopefully some fun guests for you to not only learn about picky eating, but other areas of motherhood, um, get a little insight into maybe some other specialties that can help you make motherhood easier or feel more seen in motherhood. And of course, give you more tips and tricks to raise happy, healthy little kids into well-rounded adults. So I'm super excited for what's to come. But I thought this would be kind of a fun episode to kick off 2024 and talk about the five first things that I would do to reverse picky eating if that was a goal of mine in 2024. So this is actually a post that I shared on Instagram that I know a lot of people found really helpful and I wanted to elaborate on it and expand on it. So I had shared on Instagram three things that I would do starting today if I wanted to reverse picky eating in 2024. And uh, so we're going to dive into those, but then I'm going to add two more because my podcast buddies get the best. You understand? You guys get the best. So first and foremost, I said we should sit down with our kids and eat. Now listen, we are coming out of a very busy season. If you're anything like me, you might have been traveling around the holidays. You might have been sick during the holidays. You might have just been surviving around the holidays. It was such a hectic season. And oftentimes when busyness gets the best of me and the family, oftentimes I find myself maybe feeding the kids separately and then we eat after they go to bed or we're eating lunch at different times or weird times or I'm skipping meals altogether because I'm so busy. I'm just feeding them and moving on with my day cleaning up the kitchen while they're eating or doing some work or something like that. And I really want to encourage you to get back to sitting with them while they eat. Now, I'm not going to sit here and bore you and like list out the reasons why this is so important for your child's development. There is literal research and there's no one that denies the outcomes of this research that family meals are one of the most important things and biggest predictors of your child's success in life. And when I say success, everyone defines it very differently, but essentially, you know, social success, financial success, mental health success, all of those sorts of things and more come when family meals are more a uh, priority in a child's life. So listen, there's research out there. We can spend some time on there. But what's really what I find really important, especially for picky eating and reversing picky eating, is that eating with a parent, someone who they trust, is one of the most important things that you can do to help your little one trust new foods. I usually like to describe it like this. If let's say you are walking through Target and you see a book on a bookshelf and you're like, oh, that cover of that bookshelf looks interesting, but I don't know if it's any good. I've been burned before. I've bought books before. I haven't really liked the ending or I haven't even finished them. I just, I don't know if that's worth my time. Maybe you pick it up. Maybe you read the jacket and you're like, 
yeah, it kind of sounds intriguing, but I'm not totally sold. And you put it back and you keep walking, right? Like you're just not sure about it. Now imagine that you are out to coffee with a girlfriend and she cannot stop raving about the newest book that she just read. She read it in four hours. It was so good. It took over her life. She couldn't stop putting, she couldn't put it down. It was like everything for her. She was so excited to read this book. She didn't, you know, all the twists and churns and it was so thought provoking and interesting and you literally could not stop reading it. And she recommends you go out and buy it. What are you more likely to do? probably go out and buy that book, right? When someone recommends it to you, someone that you trust, someone that you maybe even have good book recommendations from in the past, that is a trusted source. And that's kind of what hap- what happens at the table when you're sitting there eating different foods. So when you're eating the same foods that they have on their plate and they see moms eating those foods, it's just a little more likely that they'll eat those foods as well. It's kind of like a mini advertisement. Now, remember, we're not saying anything. We're physically just being there. The other thing, and I don't know if this happens in your house, but I can often like sit down with my kids, but then I get up to get water and then I get up to get more butter and then I get up to get salt and then I get up because the oven timer was still on or something like that. And every time that I get up out of my chair, for some reason, it's like a permission slip to my kids to also get up and get out of their chair every single time. So I try my darndest to, when I call them to a meal, have everything at the table, have everything close by. So once I sit down and eat with them, I'm sitting for good because we know the longer they sit at the table, the more likely they are to engage with the food, eat the food, eat enough of the food. But once they're up and out of that seat, it is so hard to get them back and get them refocused. All right. Number two, the second thing that I would do in 2024 if I wanted to reverse picky eating is I would stop using pressure techniques. Now, if you've been around for a while on the podcast or on Instagram, you've likely heard me talk about this before. And I know some parents can have just a wide range of what this means. And so I want to be really clear that pressure techniques are ways that we apply pressure to our kids to get the result we want. So a lot of times that comes in the form of bribing. So you can have this cookie if you finish your uh, broccoli or whatever that might be negotiating. So you're going back and forth, like really debating with them over how many bites they need to have, what they need to eat in order to get whatever it is that they want. Sometimes it's a special food. Sometimes it's time to play. Sometimes it's video games, whatever it might be. You're negotiating with them, uh, begging, please eat this, please. I'm begging you just take one bite, just take one bite. Just That's all you have to take. Just one bite, right? We're begging them, pleading them. We might even be guilting them oh my gosh, I spent so much money on this food. I spent all this time in the kitchen. I thought of you. I added this extra thing for you. Why aren't you doing this? Mommy made this food. Don't you want to make mommy happy, right? Like it's so common for us to like slip into that guilt. And sometimes we may not notice it because it is true, right? Like we spent time, we spent money making this food and we feel like in order to justify that time spent and that energy spent, they should eat it, right? It's like a tit for tat. It's back and forth. You owe me this. But sometimes that can like overspill out of our thoughts into what we're saying to them and it becomes guilting, which is a form of pressure, right? And think about any time you've been guilted in anything. Does that really stick? Like, does that habit really stick with you? Or is that something you're doing just to appease the person who's guilt tripping you? And or you might even be the person that as soon as someone starts guilting you, you run the other direction. You're like, well, now I'm gonna dig my heels in. And the answer is absolutely not. Well, our kids are the exact same way. Even with pressure, we look at things like demanding, right? You have to eat this food. You cannot leave the table until you finish this plate. You cannot have X, Y, Z until you finish this plate. Maybe it's something that they don't necessarily have to earn, but they lose if they don't eat or perform for us in that moment. So all of these things are considered pressure tactics. There's also another one that's kind of sneaky that's all about praising them. 
So sometimes parents can get really in the groove of praising their kids for eating certain foods. And in the moment, it might feel kind of good. But in the long term, now our kids are eating just to make us happy, just to get our praise and attention and feel worthy of love, which is obviously probably not what we intend. But when we praise them or overly praise them, our kids will start to act in a way and behave in a way to get more and more praise, especially some kids, right? Some kids, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) But if we start to use praise as kind of this treat, Instead of an actual physical treat or cookie, we use our praise, our attention, our love, our maybe we're bragging on them to get them to eat. Again, that's moving the reason why they're eating from from internal to external. There's an external reward that they're trying to get. So this still falls under the umbrella of pressure tactics. Now, that being said, I know a lot of parents who feel like their kids don't feel like it's pressure to praise them. They like to praise them for certain things or certain behaviors. So of course, take the meat and leave the bones, like whatever works for you and your family and whatever works for your kid. But I just want you to be on the lookout. Okay, we got Hawkeyes going on. What's actually influencing my kid to eat? And is this moving their desire to eat, especially healthy foods, internal? Or is it pulling it to be an external reason? Okay, the next one that I wrote in my Instagram caption was that I would be considerate, but I wouldn't cater. And what I want you to hear when I say that is that I'm going to understand and listen to what my child likes and doesn't like and how they've responded in the past, but I'm not going to let it dictate my entire life. In fact, I'm not even going to do like rescue meals. Like if they're not eating the rice sausage casserole that I just made the other night, I'm not going to go quick and make the mac and cheese or grilled cheese sandwich. What I am going to do though is alongside that rice sausage casserole, I'm going to put something on the side that's safe for them, something that they've reliably eaten in the past. This is what I call a safe food. So this is being considerate without completely catering to them. And this makes it so much easier to do number one, where we actually sit down and eat with them because we don't have kid food and my food, adult food and your food, right? We're all eating a variety of foods where everyone is considered and thought of. Okay, the next thing that I would do in 2024 to reverse picky eating is to really pay attention about how I talk about food. What I say about food, what's good food, what's bad food, what's fattening food, what's skinny food, what's going to help me lose weight, what's going to help me gain weight, what's going to help me uh, reach my goals, how much I should eat, when I should be eating, all of those sorts of things, especially, especially in January, especially, especially in the new year, especially around all of this kind of talk around dieting and getting healthy. I would be really intentional about the words that I am saying around food how I am modeling, what foods I'm eating, how much of those foods I'm eating, why I'm eating it, why I'm not eating it. If I'm beating myself up with food or withholding food or exercising because of food, whatever that might be, I would be really intentional about my health goals. I'm not saying you can't have health goals. What I am saying is I would be so intentional about how I talk about it around my kid. Oftentimes picky eating presents as normal picky eating when it's actually rooted in beliefs around food that maybe parents have. And so sometimes kids might go one way where they go the same way as the parent where they go, oh, this food is unhealthy. This food is bad. This food is scary. And they like run the other direction. And then they're afraid of like high calorie foods. But some kids will say, oh, this is really uncomfortable. And I, I don't know what this means. Like especially toddlers, they can't understand and can't articulate what they might be feeling or ask questions. And so they see mom afraid of a food that they think is delicious, right? Like sugar cereal or something like that. And instead of pulling away from that food like mom's doing, they dig into that food and they can't stop 
eating it because it's so uncomfortable and they need to figure that out. And believe it or not, and you'll start to see this pattern if you haven't seen it already, things that are uncomfortable, boundaries that we have set up, things that we have said, what do kids do? They push up against that boundary. Nine times out of 10, they try to figure it out. And that's because they're trying to learn where that boundary starts, where that boundary ends, why it is the way that it is. They're testing, they're learning, they're doing like if-then scenarios. And that absolutely happens around food too. So I would be so intentional about how I talk about food or even if I talk about food or if I say things out loud, sometimes even just our facial expressions, our bodily like movements, even things that we are or aren't doing can absolutely play a role in our children's eating habits. And so I say this with all the love in the world and all the support for your health goals in the world, but I really want you to be intentional about how you're talking about food around your child because it's not just about you. It's also about you being a role model for your child. And last but not least, I would focus on making mealtimes fun again. A lot of times with picky eating, and I remember being there myself, I was dreading mealtimes. I either didn't want to be a part of them or I wanted them to be as fast as possible, or I was stressed about how much he was eating, when he was eating, what types of foods he was eating. Should I give him more? Should I not give him more? Should I, you know, have him sit here? Should I have him sit there? Did he sit long enough at the table? Like I was so in my head that mealtimes were like, oddly quiet and not fun. And like, I didn't know what to ask him because I didn't want to ask the wrong questions. And I didn't want to like question him all the time and create this like quiz scenario at our dinner table. Or sometimes I was quizzing him and I didn't realize it. And so I just realized that meals like weren't our time to connect and weren't really fun for us until I started bringing back different parts that would be fun for us. So maybe that's playing a game. Maybe that's enjoying some music while we have meals. Maybe that's making up cute little stories with our food. Maybe it's just being goofy and silly, enjoying, you know, a little pre-mealtime fun where we're roughhousing or chasing or playing hide and seek or whatever that might be. Uh, Lighting a candle, putting down a huge funny placemat that they're eating on top of, using funny utensils, whatever it might be, bring some fun and joy back to mealtimes. At the very least, this is going to create, first and foremost, a positive connection and connotation with mealtimes where they might not have that right now, especially if they've been picky for a while, it's been a stressful place. If you've been stressed, even if you haven't said or done anything to them or for them at mealtimes, they're still picking up on our energy. So even if we haven't made it a negative place for them or we don't feel like we have, and it's really just been for us it is likely that they don't like mealtimes just because mom and dad are different, right? Like they're just not themselves. Um, Or maybe we have had a history of pressuring them around the meals, or we have had a history of getting into fights at mealtime, getting into battles, power struggles, all those sorts of things. So if that's the case, start today by just saying, hey, I'm going to make mealtimes fun again. I'm going to be a little bit lighter, be a little bit happier, be a little bit more filled with joy, look for ways that I can bring fun into mealtime and see the difference that that makes. All right. So I hope that these five tips have helped you kind of create a plan. If you haven't been doing all of these or you haven't been doing them all the way, or you kind of slipped back on doing some of them, maybe it's encouraged you to get back on it, or maybe you've heard of something new that you can do. Uh, If you want more ideas, if you need something a little bit deeper, if you've already been doing these things, you need a little bit more help or understanding why these things haven't changed anything for you in your home with your picky eater, or if you are just looking for something completely new, a little bit out of your comfort zone, but you're ready to take action, I would highly recommend taking my 
my free class. I'm going to leave the link in the description box below where you can take it. It's completely free. It's an hour long. So many people have found the class itself really helpful. Uh, plus, there's a little special offer there for you at the end if you are ready to take that next step and work with me further. But either way, the class itself is so helpful and you get a freebie for showing up. Nice little free gift for you. So I'm going to leave the link in the description box below. But I hope this episode was helpful in getting you started in a picky eating free 2024. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.